Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. the sweet, sweet presence of the Lord, the refreshing presence of the Lord that we feel in this place today. Amen. Pray for our young people, our children's churches in session uh, today on the third Sunday. And so let's ask God to touch them this morning. And thank you, Sister Amanda, for a, a word fitly spoken. Praise God. So here's, here's the other half of the hidden equation. Um, yesterday, I couldn't shake a thought out of this book. I couldn't pray one out, apparently. And um, I finally just got up and went to bed last night, not necessarily in frustration, but in a little bit of anxiety because daylight's coming and you folks are going to expect something on the table. And... Um, so I got up before daylight, and, uh, and I just went and reminded the Lord that it was Sunday. <laughs> Not sure if you're keeping up with all this, but uh, I really need you to help me today. And I would like to tell you that I felt the earth tremble beneath me and heard a clap of thunder, but none of that happened. And... Uh, got up and went to the den and I sat down and the Lord just began to lead and uh, Sister Amanda confirmed all of that today and so I believe that the Lord would speak to us this morning Amen I feel a sweet presence of God and I don't know about you but I don't want to rush through this because sooner than later it'll all be over and We'll kind of return to our respective roles and responsibilities, and we won't be together until Tuesday. But let's just ask the Lord to touch the word of the God to our heart here today. I thank you today, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Ghost that we feel. And I thank you, God, for the sincere labor that has gone into making this day possible. And I'm asking you to touch all of the people that have gone before us because of their unfeigned faith, because of their tenacity, and because indeed of their boldness, we have a place to worship. We have a house to worship in. And I'm thanking you, Lord, today for your sweet presence that you have met us here with. And I ask you to help me and to strengthen us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Since January the 1st of this year, we have been focusing on the subject of prayer our theme for all of that time has been to think up 
and we have been focusing on unified prayer. We have began every Sunday morning this year with focused with a focused prayer topic. Uh, to those of you who receive email every Saturday afternoon, uh, we had a little bit of a glitch yesterday, but every, and some of our church family did not receive your emails if you had a Windstream account, and uh, has nothing to do with us, but apparently uh, their server. But uh, every Saturday afternoon, you receive a focused prayer topic for the upcoming week, and I, I really trust that we're taking that serious. And um, then the following day on Sunday morning, as we did this morning, we announce and pray for that topic. And we focus then collectively throughout the remainder of the week on whatever that may be. And, and uh, this, this week, of course, will be on national leaders. And we're going to be praying for not just the, the two or three or four prayer points that are brought before us every Sunday, but of course the email that you get have a lot more than that. And so we pray and ask God to help us and touch us and that our, our uh, energy can be focused together. And, uh, you know, light is a wonderful thing, and, and it can illuminate large areas, and we're thankful for that. But if you keep honing down yeah. the focus of light, it can cut steel. It can penetrate anything. And so it, there's something about focused or harnessed prayer. And so these are not just rituals that we're going through, but we're just trying to, to center ourselves on one central thing. During the month of November, we have had a 30-30 prayer initiative where we have been intentional about praying at least 30 minutes a day for 30 days. It was my hope in, in uh, initiating this that, that for those who perhaps didn't, really didn't have a consistent prayer life, that we could develop a prayer life. If you do something for 30 days, it would be a great jump start on what we can do on the other side of that. For seasoned saints, we've been... We've been just asking you to pray an additional 30 minutes. If you're already praying a certain amount of time, but just add 30 minutes to that because there's nothing more pressing than the subject of prayer. I'm going to ask two audience participation questions, and I know everybody don't like, not everybody likes audience participation questions, but I'm at least warning you. And so how many people in the last several days since we've been praying every day in the month of November have had just some really sweet moments of prayer with the Lord. Would you lift your hand? Just some real, just, just, man. I mean, just very special. You could just feel, in my opinion, I could just feel that I wasn't praying alone and there was just such a real sweet presence of the Lord and I was so grateful for that. But how many of us also in this same time period have knelt to pray and felt such horrid opposition. Would you raise your hand? <laughs> Man, I'm praying in the same place. I'm in the, I'm praying in the same position. I'm, I'm, I'm praying about the same things. And yesterday I felt such a warm presence of God as though I were just being ushered into his presence. And oh, it was just so easy to pray and it was easy to linger in prayer. As a matter of fact, it was a little disappointing to have to move on to other things. And then 24 or 48 hours later, you find yourself just pressing against this glass ceiling that you just can't hardly penetrate. Amen. So it's at that moment we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do about that? 
we're going to acquiesce to that and, and just give in and say, well, we'll just try it again, or do you just keep pressing? I believe the answer is that you've got to keep pressing. You've got to get bold. There is something in our heart that has to rise up a righteous indignation, if we should say, and, and realize that the, that the enemy of our soul is wanting to hush and to stop, to stymie, to filter at best what's about to take place. For the last few Wednesday nights, I've been reading Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. What a powerful passage, a passage that is packed with possibilities. Essentially, this passage of scripture is saying, the Lord is saying, if you will, I will. If you will, I will. And we find that proactive, that proactive position all throughout scripture. If we will ask, he will answer. If we will seek, we will find. If we will knock, he will open. And so the Lord always puts us in that position of being proactive. We can't just sit around and wait for it to happen or the ideal circumstances for it to happen. The Bible says, he that observeth the wind and he that observeth the clouds will never plant. And if you never plant, consequently, you never are going to have a harvest. And so we've got to be proactive. And even when it's dry times, we still break in the land. And even when it's drought season, we're still going to plant the seed because we understand that it's not always going to be this way. And God is going to take care of that. Amen. So God is saying, if we will, he will. And so prayer is such an important part of our Christian walk. To be sure, neglecting prayer leads to trouble for everyone. I'm thankful to have praying people in my past. Sister Amanda this morning was talking about a praying grandmother. I'm thankful for praying people in my past, not just, uh, not just family members, but I'm thankful for people around me that were prayer warriors who taught me as a child how to pray. You know how they did that? Not with a lesson, not with an outline, not with a flip chart on the table, but they just prayed. <laughs> they just prayed. I think I may have shared this. I know I shared it one-on-one with somebody recently. I can't remember if I shared it publicly, but I was told the story of Brother Billy Cole. Many of you recognize that name. Brother Cole has been was used mildly. He and Sister Cole in Ethiopia in foreign soil. And... God just gave them great revival, great revival. And he was teaching at a school of missions and someone mentioned to him about intercessory prayer and and they were asking, can you kind of teach us and talk to us a little bit about what is intercessory prayer? And with that, Brother, Brother Cole just said, yes, I can, I can teach you about that. And he just set the mic down and laid down on the floor and just began to pray. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And, he prayed. and so uh, maybe those students thought they were going to get a little bullet point. An itemized list. This is what you do and then you move to this and then you move to that. But I'm thankful for the people in my life that just taught me by example how to pray. Amen. To lift my voice and uh, open my mouth and let my voice be heard. Amen. Prayer, bold, courageous prayer. James chapter four and verse one. The Bible says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? 
Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because you ask not. Verse number three, ye ask and ye receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. There's a lack of focus. There's a lack of direction. There's not that point that we need in our life. James 5 that passage of scripture that many of us have heard for many, many years of our life, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, fervent prayer. Amen. There's some very, very operative words in that passage of scripture. We must be effectual. We must have fervor. Amen. We must be righteous. That's what it's going to take to have an availing prayer. Amen. Our strength and our energy can't just be spent on praying. Amen. It needs to be spent on praying effectively. I talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, but we can't just pray to be praying. We can't just use a bunch of words and splatter them against the wall, hoping something will stick, but we've just got to pray effective prayers, effective prayers. I believe that we can pray effective prayers if we follow the pattern that the Lord has given us. We find this pattern of prayer in the template of prayer called the Lord's Prayer. I taught this past Wednesday night about how our prayers, our daily prayers, I'm not talking about crisis prayers, I'm not talking about intercessory prayers, I'm not talking about petition prayers, but our prayer language, our prayer daily prayer, our, our relationship prayer. Amen, that prayer should have begin with praise and worship. Amen. There should be something about our the initial onset of our prayer, not our wish list, not our need list, not our must-have list, but just, I love you, Lord. Amen. I wonder what would happen if we walked through the door at the end of the day and said, my, you should look nice today instead of what's for supper. Amen. <laughs> It may, it may change the flavor of how things come across. And so we come in with praise and thanksgiving and adoration. We need to have a season of repentance in our life every day. Paul said, I die daily. Why? Because I need to die daily. Amen. I hope we can all say we bathe daily. You know why? Because we stink daily. So that's why we got to bathe daily. And so I got to die out because no matter how clean it starts out, it's going to just dirty up if you leave it alone. You don't have to go plow a field. You don't have to go change the oil in a D10 caterpillar. All you got to do is go take a shower and go have a seat. And if you just sit there long enough, you're going to need to go take that shower again because we live in a corrupt body. We live in a corrupt body. And so if I repented yesterday, that has nothing to do with today. I need to die daily. Amen. I need then to have a spirit of thanksgiving in my prayer. Amen. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. And you know, when you begin to think about what God has done, it helps you not focus so much on all the things that you feel like are lacking in your life. I'm thankful for a family. I'm thankful for a roof over my head. I'm thankful for clothes on my my back. I'm thankful to be in America. 
Amen. I'm thankful to have been born in America. Thankful that for that. I'm glad that I am in this. I'm glad I'm in this nation. And that is not a disparaging remark against any other nation. But I'm glad that I am in America. And then we ought to enter then now into our needs, our supplications, our petitions. Amen. It's all right, as I said Wednesday night. There's nothing wrong to come to the Lord in prayer and ask him for what we need. That's a part of it. There's no shame in that. It's a part of it. Amen. Solomon dedicated the temple. And in that, in that dedication, Solomon started with worship before prayer. I want to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13. The Bible says, And, it, and it, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. <laughs> It came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound, to make one sound to be heard in the praising and the thanking of the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. That then the house, then the house was filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Oh, my, 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 my. Did you catch the progression of that? Amen. The singers and the musicians, they were so together that they sounded like one voice and one instrument, it was just one sound of praising. It was one sound of thanksgiving. And when they lifted their voice and with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and they praised the Lord, and this is a little bit of what they were singing about, which came out of the Psalms, amen, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen, I said there not less than four times in the Psalms, you read that, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. I'm not messing with you. Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen, when we're standing at the wall of our life and it seems as though we're at the dead end, I wonder what would happen. Amen, somebody around us might think we're odd, but I wonder what would happen in our spirit when we just feel depleted and devoid of everything. If we just started saying, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. But what about this sickness? The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. What about death and loss and disappointment? The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Praise God. Amen. As they begin to sing about that, talk about that, minister to that, the house was filled with a cloud, the house of the Lord. Amen. I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you uh, extract all of this in your mind. I don't know what kind of portrait is born in your mind. But when I read that the priest could not stand by, to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Here is the bottom line. Worship 
brought the presence of the Lord into the house. And so we are not just trying to make our way to the message. We're not starting at 10 o'clock. We're just trying to get to the message. Amen. We're not just trying to get to the preaching or to any other specific point in the service. We understand that our prayer, our praise, our worship, our thanksgiving, it incites the spirit of God and it brings into our presence his power, his glory, his anointing. Hallelujah. We don't even know how to minister sometimes because the power and the presence of the Lord is so strong. Praise God. I am not wanting to suggest that I have been in the atmosphere of 2 Chronicles 5 by way of boasting, but I believe that all of us could say that we have been in the presence of the Lord so strong that we didn't know what direction to take, where to turn. God's presence was just there. It was so palatable. He meant his anointing, his authority. It was just there. Amen. As we move now to the to the same book, Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse number one through four, the Bible says, "Now when Solomon made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord. Here it is, and the glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house." not reading from Dr. Seuss. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is, (laughs) for he is good and his mercy endureth forever but I thought you just lost your job, but he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. I thought everything that we had planned just fell through, but God is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. The Bible says, then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. I'm going to tell you that there is an order to prayer. And this is a very important thing to understand. It's a Why? Because we want our prayers to matter. We want our prayers to matter. Of course, we don't always have the opportunity to pray long flowing prayers. We don't always have the opportunity to pray systematic prayers. Amen. But I believe that, that systematic prayer should be the foundation of all of our prayer. And we see all through Scripture we see prayer and we see actually very significant prayers being offered. We see history-making prayers being offered. And one of them that comes to mind is Elijah on Mount Carmel. He is facing 450 prophets of Baal. He has more than gone out on a slight limb because he said, we're just going to let the God that answers by fire. He'll be God. And all of us will serve whoever this God is. I mean, he's put himself in, in as much jeopardy as anybody on the field. And so he said, let the God that answers by fire be declared God. And then Elijah prays a very simple prayer. And it's a somewhat quick prayer. And here is the summary, the sum total of his prayer. 
Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant. And that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Now, I looked it up. That's 63 words. Don't think I'm being silly here, but this morning I sat in my chair and I timed myself praying this prayer. And even being careful to say every word, trying not to even really sound like a preacher praying, I still got through it in 30 seconds. A few times, less than 30 seconds. A 30-second prayer, 63 words that were offered now, I don't think this is a snapshot of Elijah's prayer life. I really don't. I believe this prayer was a withdrawal <laughs> from a very significant spiritual bank account that he had been making deposits in a whole long time. That's what I think. Amen. I, I, I don't think that this is just how Elijah did it. I don't think that he just kind of went through his day 30 seconds, bam, bam, in and out, now let's just get on with the rest of the day. But I believe that, that Elijah had a prayer life. And here's my point. If we're going to have effectual prayer, especially if we're praying a public prayer, if we're going to have an effectual prayer, then we need to have a consistent private prayer life. We need to be making deposits, 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 deposits. And then when we need to make that withdrawal, when we need to reach in and take something out, I don't know about you, but it seems like to me that it takes a long time to put it in. <laughs> and it comes out pretty quickly. If we could just get those vows turned around, wouldn't that be a cool thing? But we just put it in, put it in, put it in, put it in. But when he needed it, he reached in. And in 30 seconds, amen, he prayed a prayer and heaven opened up and fire came down and it consumed the altar, it consumed the sacrifice, it consumed the 12 barrels of water that were poured around the sacrifice. I'm gonna tell you, amen, that it doesn't happen because we prayed 30 seconds. It didn't happen because he was in a spotlight. It didn't happen in a moment and God felt sorry for him. But I believe Elijah had had a consistent prayer life. He had been putting deposits in the bank, amen, and I believe believe that the Lord honored that. Amen. I pray that the Lord would help us to realize the value, amen, of worship and prayer and the value of how the flow of all of this should work. I mentioned this in my closing Wednesday, but we must understand the value of persistent prayer. And this is key. Matthew 7. Amen. The Bible says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And so there it is. Ask, seek, knock, and there are the results. And the hard part is doing it and then believing God for those results. Amen. So if you need to receive something, if you need to find something, or if you need a door open unto you, then we need to ask and ask. Amen. We need to seek and seek. We need to knock and knock and let the Spirit of the Lord know. Amen. Let the Lord know in prayer. We're serious about this thing. Amen. I am serious about it. I, I, this is not a whelm. This is not just a feeling that's flowing through my mind. The Bible says in Matthew 26 and 41, 
one, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so I gotta stay alert and I gotta keep my guard. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be aware of my weakness and I gotta be aware of the weaknesses of those around me. Amen. Amen. This passage is not saying to be strong when temptation comes. That's not what he is saying. Amen. It's not saying be strong when temptation comes. The passage is saying watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Amen. Don't just hope we'll be strong enough to endure. We are to build some embankments against that that we never even enter into that temptation. Amen. We should pray that it never comes, that it never happens. That would save us a lot of trouble and a lot of heartache and a lot of peril if we just keep it away to begin with. <clears throat> the scripture goes on to say the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. You see the spirit is never the issue. It's always our flesh that sabotages the process every time our flesh something else to do. And I've said this a couple of several times through the years and and, I, and we always kind of chuckle when we think about this, but it's really the truth. I have thought of more things while I was praying. I remember where I left the keys that I couldn't find. I mean, the devil just gets real helpful when you, <laughs> when you kneel down and pray. You can just think of all sorts of things that need our time and need our attention. And so we just need to, we just need to be smarter than, than that one. Amen. And there may be even times I always try to pray with something to write on or something to take a note on. And my intention of that is when the Lord gives me something, I want to be able to jot that down. But I also want to be able to jot down where those keys are and just keep on because what he wanted me to do was to get up and go get them. What he wanted me to do was break up this session. What he wanted me to do was to get up and walk away. I'll just write it down. Down. I'll take care of that later. Amen. I really do need that. I really do need that. Amen. But we got to be careful. Amen. That, that prayer, that prayer is not hindered because the enemy is pushing back. I've said many times since we began this in the book, in the month of November, that when the enemy pushes back, we got, it's decision time. You got to decide what you're going to do. If somebody just pushes you, amen, you got to decide what you're going to do. You got to decide what you're going to do about that. My wife and I, my wife and I were at the service counter in Lowe's last week, or, or last week I think, or week before last, and and uh, we were on the one side of that to to make a return, and somebody was on the other side of the service counter, and there were a couple of people standing in line, and uh, inadvertently there was a little bit of confusion there, and uh, people walking by, but inadvertently an off duty uh, or off the clock I guess Lowe's employee stepped up in front of a customer and so we we were kind of watching this and uh and so this this gentleman said very kind but very sure he said is there any particular reason that you just stepped right here in front of me after I've been standing here waiting patiently so long to which the man truly apologized. We kind of saw it unfold, and he really did innocently walk up there and uh, not really understand what was, and I just thought it was kind of cool how he handled that. Is there any particular reason? I mean, did I miss something? (laughs) 
did, did, did I miss something here? And, and, uh, and so he just kind of brought that back. And so we have to understand the value of, of speaking up and stepping up. And, and when, when somebody pushes you, you got to decide what you're going to do. Somebody cuts in line, you got to decide what you're going to do about that. When the devil tries to shut you down, you got to decide what you're going to do. Amen. We need to say, excuse me, is there any particular reason that you're bringing all this up in my mind right now? Because I was standing right here. I had an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I had a good conversation going on. Is there any particular reason that you're trying to push back? Because right now I, I, I don't want to fight. I don't think anybody was reaching for brass knuckles in that situation. I don't think somebody was reaching for a machete. Amen. But somebody was just trying to right a wrong and we just got to have the courage and the boldness that when the devil pushes, amen, we got to say, excuse me, I was here first. Excuse me, I'm praying right now. Excuse me, excuse me, I got to take care of this right now. I got to have the courage to do that. Amen, I gotta have the courage. It's our weak flesh sometimes that prohibits us from doing what the Lord wants to do, but the, but the spirit of our, of the matter is still crying out. Luke 18 and 1 shares this parable of the woman and the unjust judge. Jesus begins this parable in one verse, in verse one by saying that we should always pray and not faint. The widow had no one else to turn to, nowhere else to go but to the judge. But you know what? Eventually that was enough because she just kept asking and asking and asking and the judge let it be known. I'm not doing this because of any other reason, but I'm doing this because she is troubling me. I'm doing this because she's knocking and she keeps keeps knocking and she's asking and she keeps asking and she is seeking and she just keeps seeking up until this in, in John uh, in John chapter 16 and verse 24 the Bible says hitherto have you asked nothing in my name amen he said ask and you shall receive that your joy may be filled let me read that first part again hitherto have you asked nothing in my name and then he says ask I think the implication is very, very clear. Ask in my name. Ask and you shall receive. Up until this moment, according to scripture, they had prayed for more faith and asked how to know how to pray, but they had not been praying and they had not been talking about the name. Don't ever forget the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. This is a long final conversation leading up to the crucifixion and it was going to be remembered for a good reason, a very good reason. They would soon learn the power of praying in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm not just talking about, I've been saying it. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not just talking about now I lay me down to sleep. I'm not talking about God bless this food for the nourishment of our bodies, but I'm talking about praying effective prayers. Amen. Prayers in the name of Jesus. And here it is. After the lame man was healed at the gate beautiful, look what happens. Amen. The Bible says, I'm just going to tag on to where we were in Acts 4. Amen. And being let go in verse 23, Acts 4, 23, and being let go. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And they said, Lord, thou art God, which made, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is therein. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things and the kings of the earth stood up? 
and the rulers that were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against the holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, here it is, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. I'm telling you tonight or today that we need not to just kneel down and pray just just rhetorical prayers, just repeating words, just trying to get through a prayer list, just trying to call off a few names and the circumstances, but I'm talking about piercing through the darkness. I'm talking about pushing back through the pushback and saying in Jesus' name, we need the authority of your power to be with us. I'm talking about the prayers of the righteous this morning. Amen. The miracle of the lame man and the subsequent preaching by Peter had had netted the church some 5,000 people, but it also stirred up the Sanhedrin court. (laughs) Yes, yes. And after being threatened to stop preaching in the name, they started praying in the name. Amen. And that's why we have Colossians 3.17. This is whatsoever you do in word or in deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Whatever we do, whatever we say, we're coming at you in Jesus' name. By what authority are we having this service today? In Jesus' name. Amen. We laid hands on the sick that came down and those that had needs this morning. And we didn't pray for them in the name of Everett Bird. We didn't pray for them in the name of Bobby Gibson. We didn't pray for them in the name of Hatchman Apostolic Church. We prayed for them in the only hope there is in this house. Amen. The prayers of the righteous. We prayed for them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The prayers of the righteous. The right place for the church to be is in prayer. I, I, will, I will close with these remarks. That perhaps, I, I know Sister Amanda this morning mentioned her grandmother's prayers. I doubt very seriously, especially knowing Sister Mary McNatt. I doubt very seriously that she was praying, God, give them Holy Ghost boldness and then going sitting in her chair thinking, boy, they're going to remember that the rest of their life. They're going to remember that prayer. Buddy, I put something on them that Ajax won't wear on. She prayed that prayer in faith, not even understanding the magnitude of a young girl that was not just hearing it with her ear, but it was getting in her heart. And all these years, ladies, Sister McNatt's 99. Sister McNatt is 99 years old. She had no idea that her granddaughter would be standing and speaking this morning and saying, you know, when I was a little girl, I remember my grandma. 
put Holy Ghost boldness on them. Holy Ghost boldness. You know why that prayer took? Because it was a prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The power of his name. Amen. Let's stand, can we? We should never, ever underestimate the power of his name. Amen. The power of just being able to whisper that name, shout that name with authority, or any place in between. Power of Jesus' name. I wonder if you just lift your hands right now, would you? Let's just pray and ask the Lord to touch us. Jesus, we are a church on a journey. We need the power of your spirit to be with us today. We need you, we need you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.